This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. What's going on? Welcome to episode 148 of the Hooniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff. I just say one. Name just, just Jeff. I don't, I just uh, Jeff Glucker. Hey, Glucher. Jeff Glucker. Herr Glucher. Uh, I got Chris Hayes yep. on the ones and twos, virtually. Yeah, virtually. <laughs> on the f- I, everything's ones, two, three, four, virtual. Yeah. We got Zach Clapman in the house tonight. Hey, woo! Yeah, this we is got me, Mr. Harrison Burdan here. Yep, that's what I want to hear. And we got Aaron Gold back again because apparently he slept here. Yeah, pretty much. I just <laughs> stayed here all the time. Uh, what's going on, guys? Hi. Yeah. Hello. It, I, High I, energy. I listened to his appearance uh, three days ago. <laughs> nice. On my drive out. I was uh, actually and, surprised. And I will uh, – I'm a – I assume you won't mind me saying this, but he said he texted me to tell me that you were great on our podcast. Ah, True. nice. Excellent. So you got the check. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, that was for, that's a lot of fun. I love this. You know what I love about – Podcasting is because basically the cool part of you our job. You can be is, anybody. You can be anyone. <laughs> I'm sitting here totally naked. No, you know our, our job is basically driving cars and talking about it. But the talking about it when you're writing can be is the real work part. Right. But this or is literally camera, just like, talking. You're about just talking it. to a camera. Yeah. yeah. You're like, fuck. What am I saying? Is it's almost on, like one of us sat on. down several years ago and went, "Why don't we just record the shit we were saying right. anyway?" Yeah. Right. I right, love right. podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna do this. You know, like we've been doing it now. We've been good about maintaining the, 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 the standard here. Yeah, the, the format. Um, so we're going to dive into a little bit of news. And first up, uh, the Hennessy Venom GT Spider is now the world's fastest convertible. It Fake. Kid <laughs> <laughs> car. No, it, um, it, uh, using a 2.9-mile runway in Lenmore. California? I don't know. I wasn't there. I know. It's plain I didn't shit. drive the damn it's thing. Plain shit, though. It hit 265.6 miles an hour. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, cool. It only did the run in one direction, so it's not Guinness certified. However, Guinness didn't certify the Bugatti Grand Vitesse either, which did 254.04. So Hennessy's saying, like, well, they didn't do it, so we're not going to do it. Apples to apples. Well, Guinness mm. just means that you've got a stupid guy in a fucking really bad sport coat and that shows up with a plaque embossed on wood. You have to pay a lot of money. And the thing yeah. is, though, you also have to do it in both directions. That's how Guinness That's the big one. Right? I mean, I am But kind of- Bugatti didn't do that, so... When I like, said, fuck it, we're why, not why it wouldn't I mean I would if I was Hennessy, I would be like, all right, I'm gonna run in both and then I can say I did it in both. Well, because he, in his article he's like it, you could see it was clearly like, I don't give a shit if Guinness certifies us. We have people here that saw us do it, we have guns, we have race logic or race whatever does the oh, right. yeah. I mean, but if you, you want the, the data, bragging you got rights, the data. Which but is if you, how but, Bugatti did it. So but if you want the bragging rights, then you can say we did it properly. Right. When I worked True. for the magazine in England, we used to we used to test track everything, which is funny because it was like, you know, the Citroen ZX one point four, you know. You know, zero to six not to sixty in fourteen point two seconds. And all the straight lines uh not to sixties were Twice in each direction for wind drift and level and track and all that stuff. Yeah, they'd average the four runs. And I remember there's only one car. It was a hot rod Peugeot, and it was a semi hot rod, and it did it like it kept turning the same 
time. Oh, 8.6 seconds out, 8.6 seconds back, 8.6 seconds out. Now, right did they speed, replace goes, the minute amount of fuel that was spent in the one run to come oh. back the other No, way? we didn't go that. And, <laughs> See, and, this is where you're, it's faulty. And the car's got a um, – because they always had one person as ballast. But at, at the time, when I was an intern like you and skinny like you, I was the ballast. But I mean, I weighed half as much as the you he know. He was pointing to Harrison. Here. Everybody, I know yeah. you couldn't see that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Besides in this, Zach, in this audio largely show. auditory medium, uh, I was pointing to uh, yeah. Harrison. Yeah, I was on a, the one job I ever did for a Real Magazine was with Car and Driver. We did like a practical sedan test, and they needed notes in a driver. And then Aaron Robinson went and did the top speed testing of like an Accord CVT. Were you guys out at like the Hyundai Proving Ground or something? Yes, and uh, we were near there. But it was just, I, mean, I was like, where's Aaron? They're like, oh, he's doing high speed testing. I was like, why? Like, what do you, <laughs> why? why Why do you need the top speed of, you know, the, the Accord? this Accord versus the Passat? And no one's going to do that. We used to top speed, they top speed everything. But most of the cars had engines smaller than two liters. And I remember the first time I did uh, top speed in a Volvo 440 1.8. <laughs> and it was faster in fourth gear by one mile an hour than in fifth. Yeah, I think it topped out at like 105 miles well, per you know hour. What? I can get gear. that. I can get that because you're, for those who might have missed last week, uh, Aaron used to work for British publications when he started. And I can get that. Jalopnik posted an amazing post, feels like six months ago or so, about a documentary from the 80s when all these um, – like white collar British people, it was talking about the cars they were given as company cars mm-hmm. and how just it affected their lives, and it was amazing. And in one of the segments, it's like a 52 minute video on YouTube that Jalopnik found on this post. It's a, an amazing video just because it's so bonkers how obsessed they were with their cars. Like if you if you get the trim, the wrong yes. like if you have an I instead of an XI, you're you're scum. And if you have the thing where it doesn't hang your suit jacket over the back, like your boss hates you. And then there's the, but the one part that stands out was there was a guy who thought he was getting this one car, and he got this other car. He got like a, a Maestro or something. Oh, and he I told to his wife. He called his wife because she knew it was car day. And when he arrived at work, everybody was in the car park waiting because they knew, and they were laughing at him. And when he got home, him and his wife cried. Wow. Because of the fucking free car. Like, my wife has a fusion hybrid from work, and I would never choose to buy that, but it's fine. It's, no, it's you know great what? to get around town. Let me tell you this a Maestro story. Yeah, but I won't talk to her anymore, and there's a reason. <laughs> Let me tell you a Maestro story. So it was Rover. Rover was still selling the, the Maestro and the – oh, shoot. What was the other one called? The, the hashtag SD version. One? No, I don't know. no, no. This was – they had like the 214. You know what Richard Truitt just got? The 214, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the 620, the 825. These are all Hondas. And then they had the Maestro and the Montego. Um, and this is night. We're going to the '94 model year, so I called them to get model year changes. And I'm talking to the Rover PR guy, and he says, "Well, all the Rovers are going to get driver airbags next year." I don't know. He said, "All the cars are going to get driver airbags next year." And I said, "Including the Maestro and the Montego." And the Rover PR guy replied, "No, I said the cars." <laughs> like even the PR people friggin' hated them. Wow, but that was a big thing, and and they would you know because your trim level and your engine size yep. is right on the Huge. badge, so it's like having your spazoo hanging out because yep. like oh you only got a one point two, you right? Know? The, the guy is, who who like worked hard and pressed his boss and finally got the Mercedes one ninety E was like fucking king dick in the video because he had yeah. the one ninety E. Although the interesting thing is in modern British like if you've got an expensive car, the thing is now to debadge them if that's a whole Europe. of Europe thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. I, at least the Well that's so I they did. don't know. So you got the L X so really, I wish we did that here. I think it makes the Well cars we do the opposite cleaner. here. We, we buy the fake opposite. badges. And, yeah. I just I paint white paint over all my cars. I put AMG badges on my, my 
my truck, my 65. That would actually be funny. I had a flathead V8 logo on my on my Omni. I like that. I like so that. I was listening. There was only one really good radio guy on the air back when I was in England. It was a guy named Richard Littlejohn, and he was talking about the, the – it was a thing to pry off the badge and put of a new like one. The, and he was Robin Hood Littlejohns? That, that, yeah, it was the same. Richard Littlejohn. You're listening And he goes, you know, what does it matter if it's an LX or a GT? And what the hell is Lambda Sond? All the Volvos had yeah. Lambda Sond on them. And he goes, every time I see a car with LX GT VR 2.0 Lambda Sond, and a big Mr. Spot child seat in the back. I think they should just put it all off and have a big sign that says, look at me, I'm a premature ejaculator. <laughs> <laughs> you, if, if you haven't seen this video, go, just go to Jalopnik or Google this video. It's 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 very long. What is it called? Because if they type in this video, I know. If you go to Jalopnik and do like British motoring, I feel like because it's so recent that that search will hit in the video. You'll find the video. Or, or tweet at someone at Jalopnik and find Someone's the video because it's so – and it's a dr- very dry British documentary of the period, you know, like very – like nothing's colorful at all. It's just <laughs> it's gray. It's all just lit. washed out. Yeah. And, you know, they would no – that was what I learned. I mean I learned a lot working for what car, but the amount of detail that they would go into – and we do our used car reports and they would talk about, well, the ashtray was dirty and the seat piping was broken. I didn't know what the hell seat piping was. That little – you yeah, know, that little yeah, vinyl yeah. – pla- I never thought about it and we'd always have a picture of, you know, when we talked about the quality of the cars, of one of the guys, like, with a pad, like, you know, steely-eyed, you know, looking down the shut lines of the doors, you know, but they were really into that, that minutia, and it, it, it really, it actually helped me to become a better writer, like to look that. at everything. And, you know, we lose, I just wrote a, I just turned in an, an Audi A4 review, 2017 A4 review for uh, Autobytel, and I thought about that, you know, we go, we go so on the big picture, and we're not looking at the, like, the little annoying things, because there's things like like how well the air conditioning buttons work and how really nobody ne- – they need to just stop trying to reinvent the automatic transmission shifter because mm-hmm. it was perfected in 1956 with PRNDL, you know. And, and, <laughs> and I'm, I, I try to recapture a little bit of that because that's what, you know, the buyers, I think, care a lot about. It's one thing to have bragging rights. It's another to have a car that your wife can't put into reverse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, the so the Hennessy Venom did – Nearly 270 on a runway, and somehow we got to fucking British cars. Which Good segue it was my there, fault. Jeff. It yeah. was totally my fault. Which, before you, the, the title of that uh, video is called From A to B, Tales of Modern Motoring. So it's, it's, it's amazing in how insane and intense they were about, like, the, like Aaron said, the badges. Like, oh, there's an XI, or you have the XTI, or the, you know, it's, it's, it's worth, like, at least watching and skipping through it. Because you might not be able to sit there and watch the whole whatever it is, but... Find some of the parts, and it's it's wild. And you know the other thing that was big because, and I don't know how it still works, but the the year of your car was the plate, and people didn't know the year of their car. I remember asking my landlord, like, "What year is your car?" It's like, "I don't know. It's a J Reg." You know, so that was a big thing too because they could tell how new your car was. Oh, and and oh. you know, I was saying, you know, back in the states, we'd rather have like a ten year old Mercedes, but no, they'd rather have like a micro with an 16. M. Yeah, they'd yeah. want to have a new a new the new letter. Even if it meant getting a cheaper car, well, that the was the status is the symbol. Year. Mm. The letter was oh, the God. year it was registered, and it didn't quite correspond to the model year. So, you know, every once in a while in our used car stuff, we'd say like, "Well, you can get a, you know, whatever, a '94 on a on a on an M plate," you know, because they would kind of span. Hmm. But that was the bigger deal. Like, and you know, it's a class-driven society. I mean, that's the one thing about Britain. Sorry to get too far off, but like no. the whole yeah. upper, middle, lower class thing really, re- at least twenty years ago, twenty-five years ago, really did exist over there. I think it still does. They sell a queen. 
Yes, she, well, does, <laughs> she does nothing, but when she shows up, everyone shuts the fuck up. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's and it's like that. It's her station in life. Oh, I, you, you drive know. a Maestro. <laughs> oh, but it's an oh, it's a it's a J Reg. Right. Ooh, Reg. Ejaculator. So, bringing this back to the states and our next news bullet point. Another nice segue. Audi. Yeah, no, that wasn't a good one at all. Audi. Uh, it's official. The RS3 is landing here in 2017. Oh, no! score! <laughs> Will it pass right our testing, though? Uh, yeah, no, not the not diesel, diesel version. <laughs> not the RD3. It's a two-and-a-half-liter turbo five-cylinder, which is just going to sound uh, fucking great. Turbo especially, fives are the best. Especially Any when they aftermarket. Oh, like Militech gets their hands on that, that exhaust. It's going to make nearly 400 horsepower. And Car and Driver, I guess, has, has it on good authority. I don't think they've driven it, but they've talked to a source. This is where I was reading it. They said uh, it'll hit 60 in four flat, and it'll be and it'll have a top speed of 170, and it's going to be faster than both the CLA 45 and the BMW M2. And then APR will get their hands on it, and it'll make 500 horsepower. Oh, with the, like a quick yeah. flash. Yeah. What transmission? Seven speed. The, the Twin clutch? I think so. Mm-hmm. See, I think yeah. like they they I think they made a mistake on the RS7 by putting a hydraulic transmission in it, not a. Twin oh clutch. God, the, I don't think they had a twin clutch at the, the time RS7. that would have held the power. It doesn't matter. It must ma- be. It doesn't matter. Oh RS. no, I disagree. Uh, it's so uh, matters. Uh, keep talking. Uh, <laughs> um, no, and uh, our own Jason Connor is going to have his hands on the new performance one. That's the 605 horsepower one, and he's taking it somewhere special where he's going to make use of the power. And no, it's not El Mirage, and he's going to be doing it against other cars. So it's going to be kind of a fun video we're working on. Twenty four hours of lemons. Cool. No, that would be funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a sh- sh- <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that, and I'm not gonna. I don't want it to get because who knows? It might not happen. You know, things happen. But uh, RS3, that's gonna be one hot little bitch that'd up be in neat. the state. Real fun. I drove the Audi TTS up at Thunder Hill uh, two weeks ago. Very on good track. Car. It must be incredible. Oh, I, dr- I actually should clarify. It was on the shoot up there. I drove it in the B roads f- coming down from the mountains, and okay. it was a fantastic mountain car. I've, like. I- Dampening's perfect. Yep. Very balanced. Fast. It's fast, uh, fast. it's so I sh- usually shoot my videos in the Ortega area, and that was one of the most confident and ins- confidence mm-hmm. inspiring vehicles on a canyon road I've ever driven. The, the only the, unfortunate thing with that car is it's the same problem the Boxster has because of where it started from. It has a really hard time shedding that you know image of well, this is the hairdresser's car. I feel mm. like the TT's been able to escape it a little bit because just. Like I see more, I feel like I see more coupes, and I feel like the idea of a coupe sheds it. I also think the Boxsters evolved from it too. I like, I know oh, you're saying great. that's where they came from. Yes, um, but I think the uh, they're great, but that's just the public perception, not maybe, necessarily. Maybe ours. maybe I actually have it backwards. Maybe the TT has more of the stigma than the Porsche because the Porsche is still a Porsche. At the end, why well, I, I think the Boxster looks more aggressive than Volkswagen. the TT. The, I, think, I think the TT still resembles its its origin more it does. than the Boxster you know, does on its third design mm-hmm. right is that car but yeah. you know so what you buy I, well, you buy a car like that i always say you buy it for you, mm-hmm. you do. like i think if you go into the audi dealership the minute you say image hairdresser car anything like that they should just show you two in a4 and that's or all S- you're allowed like to buy a5 yeah you know yeah it's it's buy what you love coming you know? down the back road um just lawrence ulrich was behind me with uh, one of the other guys and they're driving the gt4 Okay. And not not gaining ground. Not. Nice. I mean, it's so you just go and you you realize you push it harder and harder and harder. It's like yeah, let's do this, motherfucker. Yeah, it it's does exactly so. what you think. 
and the suspension was set up really nice over bumps and stuff. It was very good. That's why I'm really curious because they're, they're doing an RS of that, which is probably going to have the same motor as this RS. It'll probably be almost the same car, just with two doors. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, you're absolutely right. I love a five-cylinder. Yeah, it's really neat that I, and I like like three-cylinder engines sound fun. You don't. Yes, there's not a lot of them out sound there. Awesome. They sound like diesel almost. There, there's a cool. They sound like Subarus. They do uh, kind of sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so add exhaust to that, and God, it's going to sound so. We cool. had a. I'm sorry, not to. I'm not trying to drag it back to that other country, but we had this Volvo 850 that I mentioned, which was one of the small. I think it was a two-liter five-cylinder, yeah. but it made this Volvo wailing was noise for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it made this noise. It was like a ghost. It would like rev and it would be like. <laughs> oh, it was, it was like the car was haunted. That, but you sometimes couldn't hear it over the noise of the uh, of the coolant rushing through the heater core. Wow. So we go, oh, shh. Well, when you drove <laughs> next to a mirror, you saw the ghosts in the back seat, right? That was it, yeah. I, I it's like the, the haunted, haunted mansion. I love that car. I didn't love that car. Uh, so, yeah, RS3, <laughs> it's a 2018 car arriving here in 2017. Oh, that's going to be awesome. awesome. It's going to be so fucking good. I need to start kissing ass at Audi now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll get it. Um, oh, you just want to go in the launch, though. I want to go in the launch. RS3 racetrack. versus Focus RS will be a showdown. We'll read oh. on many covers, but it'll be very yeah, cool because, to see. Yeah, because, I mean, ob- obviously the, the Audi won't get sideways. But, no. you know, I think they're probably going to throw the M2 in the mix, too, just because yeah. same price. Totally. Actually, yeah. Actually, I bet these will be more expensive. That's going to be a fucking great showdown because it's front wheel, all wheel, rear wheel, right? No, the RS is all wheel. The Focus? Yeah. Oh, it is all wheel. Yeah. That's right. That's how they do that. And it's cheaper. Damn it. I mean, it, it Focus starts, ST, then. It's 10 <laughs> grand stuff. cheaper than the M2. Uh, but you know, the thing uh, is. A Mountain Focus ST, then. We'll I, I actually was at Mountain on Friday. They, had, they already had RSs there that they're working on. So. Awesome. Are you still wearing that T-shirt since Matt's podcast? That's yeah. been days. I know. <laughs> I know. Are you, you know, still here? Uh, <laughs> Get the fuck out of my office. Yeah, I just waited until the new podcast rolled around. It's been days. You know, the thing is, though, I wonder. It's like it's like Tesla people won't line up to buy a Chevy Bolt. Like, are Audi people going to even consider a Focus? Which would be no. a shame if they no, didn't. No, they definitely would. They definitely would. I mean, I haven't driven the RS. They're but, Euro trash. Blazer wouldn't touch the. Just, the, you know? the funny thing is, is, I bet the Bolt will probably have fewer issues out the gate than the uh, than the than the Tesla will. Well, it's funny you should mention Definitely. that because I broke the story. No, I didn't break it, but I was on I was on the conference call this morning about the Model X's first recall, and the Model S so far has only had three. And like I did a little research, and the Grand Cherokee, which was new in 2011, they've had three like last year, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious how Teslas do over the long term because it seems like a used Model S would be such a scoop. The, the reliability – did we talk about this some last time I was here? Bit. Yeah, the reliability is horrible, but people love the cars. Right. I was actually looking at used Model S's online the other day, just curious to see what they're priced at. They're not cheap. They're still, still starting at like 70 Damn. Yeah. Um, and they break. Oh, all now, right. a second ago, I, they mentioned, get I mentioned drift mode in the Focus, which is a, actually a good segue to my next little bit of news. And this is – from Motorsports. Uh, Formula Drift came to Long Beach this weekend, and the weather did not cooperate. I was out there for the what was supposed to be the qualifying day. And it was raining. And it was fucking brutal. But fans were coming out. The drivers were still going. They they removed the qualifying format, and they just went with a preceded round of 32 because they do 32, 16, 8, you know. Um, Chelsea Denofa on Saturday took home the top spot and I went went I didn't go on Saturday to watch so I went and watched all the replays he fucking crushed it mm-hmm. he, he was driving and he was beating um, 
champions, past champions. He beat, well, he beat Ospo, he beat, he beat Forsberg. Forsberg. He beat Ospo, too. Because um, Forsberg, to be, to be fair, hit the wall. and then But uh, Chelsea just passed him on the inside. Oh. It was very He was nice. on his door. On it, he, was, he was right up his ass. His and angle. Lost it. He yeah. had so much angle, and he was hitting all the clipping points. It was so much fun to watch this weekend, even though the weather sucked for those guys. Um, I was there. I saw so many people going into the wall on a practice day just – the pro, like Chris Forsberg and Gittin, and they're all eating shit on the wall. Forsberg made fun of himself on the on Instagram because they put they had a news crew out there, and everyone was like paused, and he's like, "I'll go out," and then he loops it and hits the wall, and he's like, "I look like an idiot," yep. and and he's the best, you know, one of the best of all time. It was uh, it was like NBC or something like national yeah. news. Wait, yeah. if you're ra- if you're drifting and it's raining, isn't that good? No, not at all, because no. drift cars have so much grip. They have so much grip. That's why they have to have so much power. Because if you're si- if you go out and you spin a stock 370Z, you're just you're just getting it sideways. For right. them to hold that line and put the car exactly where they want it, they need to have consistent grip. Rain, and then also Long Beach is a road course, so there's mm-hmm. two different types of tarmac, and then there's occasionally painted lines. Mm-hmm. That's three different surfaces on different levels of rain. And it's not conducive. They the, were, it was like an ice skating rink. And the, not to mention wow. the fact that California roads get grimy because of all the traffic. Yep. Uh, and then when it hasn't rained for a few weeks, they get slippery. Super Which it nev- it's always never rained for a few weeks. Because the, yeah. the way it was explained to me real fast was if, you know, Aaron, if you throw a curveball and the baseball is going this way, but the air is, you know, it's, as it spins, it pushes itself in this new direction. So these guys are going so fast sideways. But they have enough grip forcing them to make the arc of the turn. I it's see. Not actually so they need the turning. they need the speed. Yeah, they that's have, why they, they have throttle a need big ass tire for speed. They have tons of grip. They the tires last two runs. I think it is in a Formula yeah, Drift event. That makes me feel better because I can't fucking do it. I either s- over understeer or spin the car. Well, we'll get to drifting shortly. Uh, actually, um, but actually, well. no. Now we'll get to it now because um, I mean, we're, we're done. Segue. with the news. I get a Subaru BRZ coming tomorrow, by the way. So I am all that's easy. Turn, to drift. Go find somewhere with a lot of room. Turn traction control off. Don't be a baby. Don't read Jack Ruth's article about not turning <laughs> traction control off. Though he has excellent points about it. Um, that's a really fun car to get sideways, and it's very easy to do it. And it's super. You can do it at slow speeds, and you should go find that an really, empty parking that's lot. Like one of the best. Just to do. Learn just on. just do this. Just go do um, – start with doing donuts and then just let them get out a little bit and just do wider donuts. And then now you're holding a drift. Oh, that's a good – and, and Jessica Tellman or Dominic Infante or Michael McHale, if you're listening to this podcast, I will do nothing of the it sort in your press car. It was <laughs> yeah, Motor, Motor Trend. Trend did it. That's the market for that car. I mean, For that car? Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. like the same wheelbase as the 240. I love that the, car. I haven't driven one in a while, but I love that car. So speaking of drifting, um, Zach and I did the Drift 101 school – what a month ago, mm-hmm. um, and it was awesome. But our day got cut short because of rain. But you can call me Chelsea now, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you, no, you did. You did great, but you're not. No, I'm no. Not. <laughs> I mean, compared to me, we both did good compared to each other. Uh, the it was great. Naoki was amazing. We were the only two people out there. If you want to go drifting and you want the most focused attention possible, just pick a day. Email them at Drift One Hundred One. And just go out. It's expensive, but in the grand scheme of driving schools, it's not Mm -hmm. at all. True. Wait Um, a second. You can't do well in comparison to each other. In comparison to each other, one of you had to do well and the other had to suck ass. We both did well. Well, we had two different cars. No, but we both did well. We both did well. I was joking that I did one class and now I am Chelsea who won Formula D. No, I know. I'm not saying I did better than you. Oh, no. I get You're not saying that he dressed you up and made you wear a dress because he did better than you. That was a different day. That was Tommy Sticks. That was later. Can you talk about how much it is? Yeah, it's 900 bucks. 
That's not crazy. For a driving school? No, not at all. I mean, Skip Barber is what? 2000 for the day? Corvette school uh, at Spring Mountain I want to do, and the minimum is a three-day course, and it's like almost four Gs. So this is just – we had – it was just us. We had the whole course. We each had our own cars, um, and we had – Zach would go out for what? Like 45 minutes at a time. Then he'd yeah. come in. Then I'd go out for 45 minutes at a time. We and then we just kept – what's that? We drive in the truck? No, no, no. They have their own car. Oh, they have their – I just said you brought I was in a 240. You can, you can do it cheaper if you bring your own car, but it's it's only a couple hundred bucks cheaper. But why and, beat up your car? Yeah. Worth it for the tires. Yeah. And just comes with two sets. You think I could, maybe if you've got an FRS <laughs> press car, <True. laughs> you take that to drift No, you know what I'm That's thinking? That's crossed my mind. You know what huh? I'm thinking? The Polara. You don't want to do it's that. rear wheel drive. It's Trust got two big, tires. No. Too big. I have filmed very large can, Dodges, and they did not do a burnout. If you can, tri- no, it can't. Burn. It's got three eighteen in it. It can't burn out. Any- it only can burn is oil. But I mean, but once you get that thing, you know that thing's got a really robust. I've never succeeded in bottoming out the front end, front suspension on that car. That thing's pretty robust. I don't think you'd like to drift it. You'd much I would rather love drift. to drift it. You should go to this cool. school and drive the two forty <laughs> and then the Z. This time, I'd like. Are to you familiar with the word pendulum? That's, yeah, well, the engine. You know. Yeah, but that's—I mean—that's a serious friggin' so skill. So our day got rained out. So Naoki, as awesome as he is, was the last part of the day. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm building a course. You do it one at a time. You come back, and we just did that for the last hour, hour and a half. It was so awesome. Really? And he's like, all right. And since you didn't get the full day, when just work on dates, you both come back and finish the. Because we we had to stop about three hours short because there was significant standing water on this course, which right. you couldn't see. Because I think the car I was in didn't have windshield wipers, so you're just you're kind of looking for the cones. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be it sideways didn't have one and all big wiper that just didn't rah, have anything. Rah, rah. And you just all of a sudden then you get you know a lot more angle because you hit a standing puddle you can't see and you hydroplane yep. and it just it just got kind of unmanageable. And then the rain was dripping into the intake and he was like, all right, we got to call this. Yeah. But so we're going. Uh, Zach and I are going back going in back. two weeks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. We're that going back sounds to awesome. Our day. Wow, the floor in here shakes a lot more than I'm comfortable with with just you waving your arms around. <laughs> And I can't, I can't wait. It's the force of happiness. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. Um, it's it? it's so much fun. It's out at uh, um, Willow Springs. And we did the, oh. the, little, the little, like... Streets? No, no, not even. Uh, parts of the... I didn't even know. Like, further back. Oh, Horse Thief? Not no, we, Horse We were thief. on the no. miniature oval. Yeah. Which I like had, a, there's I've like a demo derby to. course yeah. or something. No way. <laughs> but it's normally going to be at... What's the... Balcony. It's normally going to be the balcony. And I actually hope we're there. Me too. Just because that seems... It has more room. It's more consistent surface. Right. Um, when I saw a video of when Matt did the school, they just have a longer... Similar layout as the cones right. we were doing, but with a longer run-up and yep. more space. Yep. So I, I am with you on that. Yeah. I hope we get to use that. What, what I would just tell people is, you know... It, it might seem expensive to a lot of the people starting out in this, but I felt like I leapt a lot in skill with having someone go, try this. Okay, do that different. Okay, now do this exercise, right. which helps you build this skill set. Yep. Now do this exercise. Because if you just go out there on an open day with a, with a car, unless you have someone ride with you that can give you you know pointers like that, you might just be spinning out for a full day mm-hmm. and not knowing why and then and not working on transitions. And you go from... If you do well, you can go from donuts to, you know, changing the size of your donuts to transitions to, you know, handbrake transitions, like all these different things. And now I feel like when I go out and do it myself, I have a much better foundation upon you're, which yeah, to Yeah, your base. You have a base now. And it, you, you brought up a good point. Is Naoki, he, the very first thing you do, he does is assess your very, very basic skills with some very, very tight left-hand donuts, which are the easiest thing you can do out there. Drop the clutch quick. Work the throttle and just spin that fucker in a circle. My stepchildren, but in a really good specific. Yeah, he circle. wants to see that your circle's tight, 
that you're modulating the throttle correctly, that you're very aggressive. He wants you to be super aggressive in the clutch. You're not supposed to slip it. You're supposed to fucking drop that thing. Um, and you go, and then you do that, and then then you make that wider circle. And that's when you're like, oh, my God, I'm holding a drift. This is really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. But that is something you might have done before. But if your skill level is there, he sees it. He's not going to be like, well, no, this is how the course goes. Now we got to do this step. He'll look at you and be like, oh, you can do that. Let's go on to the next exercise, which is the best part of the thing. Because he's like, all right, well, now we did left hand. Let's do right hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're good at right hand. Well, I'll fucking let's link them together. Now you're doing figure eights. And then when you jump to e-brake, it's a whole different ball game mm-hmm. because you, you never do that in your own cars. You know, you just uh, it's do they, all do they throttle. Hydro brakes there? Was that? No. No. Just regular stock e-brakes. Yeah, they're both stock e-brakes. Yeah, they were. Uh, Which is fine. I mean, the cars handles. were yeah. fine. That could be a problem with the Polaris since it's a football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you can. Uh, and you also can't, the... and you can't release it with the, with the shoulder belt fastened. So. But can you uh, – is, is, is the, the e-brake, is it a kick release or is it a pull? No, it's 1969. They didn't have kick releases. So as you pull it, yeah. It's so a pull you release. hold your hand on there. You you hold, but it. you can't once you have the shoulder belt. It's when you have the shoulder belt fastened. Uh, you can't. I can't. I'm too sure. I can do it with okay. my foot. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's where you get rope involved. You just attach rope to if the you, lever. Oh, it, I didn't think of that. If you, you do a slide, kick it with your foot, and then release it with your foot, you are a god. That would be amazing to see. That's how I have to do it because I discovered this once when I buckled the seatbelt. I can release you the brake. No, you know, I want to go back to something you said about it's a lot of money, but it's a worthwhile investment. Any, you know, for any real any car fan, school. because the thing about driving school, yeah, it's I, I don't think even those of us who are real car fans don't realize what a car can really do until you get a chance to push it. I mean, I always thought before I went away to intern on the on the magazine, I thought I was like hard on my cars. No, <laughs> I was so friggin' gentle. It wasn't even close. And just to know what. The equipment can do is is an experience that's just uh, well you can't put a price. I on think it. the thing is is and this is hard to explain to people that aren't exposed to some of the some of the people we've met and some of the driving we see on a regular basis is the fact that we're all good enough to know that we're not that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, totally. It's it's trying to explain. Like I remember I had a cab driver at some point. We were talking F one stuff. And he goes, "Oh, I could do that. How hard is it driving?" And I'm like, "You have no, yeah, you have no idea. fucking clue. clue." That's like what. So when I was watching the practice day at FD Long Beach. The first turn, they come down that back straight, and then that first entry, and I'm talking, I'm standing there with my buddy Sam, a.k.a. Drift Idiot. He was there doing video for, like, Von Gittin and a couple other people. So we're just talking. And they're initiating so far back. Like, you would think, oh, you're just going to turn to the wall. Like, But they're so far back. I'm like, do they normally initiate there? Is that because the rain's like, no, they'd normally be there, but they'd probably be going a little bit faster. And they're initiating that fucking initial move to get the car sideways so far back so that they clip just past the wall out into the turn. It's And I understand why people prefer other firm, forms of motorsport because it's not, it's not judged. It's just like, oh, you first. You cross the line first, you win. I get that. This is, you know, it is very much you can compare it to figure skating. Yes. But it yeah. is fucking, it is amazing what they do with the car. And and over the years, I've, I've always been a fan of it, but it's just grown significantly. And after doing the drift school, you know, push it to another level. So watching what those guys did this weekend in the rain was just absolutely unreal. Well, I think when, you know, when you have F1 drivers and rally drivers look at the drift guys and go, yeah, they're pretty good. That's... I mean, those are probably the three top. As far as car control, those three guys are probably eh, in the same. A lot of drift guys, like Reese Millen, for for example, went. They are the top paid stunt drivers uh, in the world because they can can place a car where it needs to be. And because they'll they'll do a course for for FD, you know, one year, and the next year the clipping points are a different place, so you have to go outside. They make it harder, so you have to be able to move that inch, that inch, that inch. 
Um, well, it's like our friend Sarah when she she mm-hmm. she's a stunt driver and she's she gets to do all these like weird things because there are just not that many female stunt drivers, so she gets to do some interesting things. And she was doing. It was like a minivan commercial or oh, something like that. And she has to take the thing down the street, oh, jump it a, off and, a thing, yeah. and then like whip it around. And they go, so you can do that a few times when you need more takes. And she goes, no, this van will do this once. So they have to be so precise. They can do it once because that's the only shot they get the right. entire day. That's And anybody who's knows that commercial there was a commercial with a very suburban looking mom and her two kids oh. in a hot roddy van right it was that commercial yeah. like through yeah. a neighborhood i believe so that's yeah. her I, well she wasn't the mom no she drove that the was car. a different thing this was i think if chris is talking about it it was like a blue older looking plumber van that jumped into a kind of like a motel parking lot and then had to slide to a stop around like a very tight parking oh, lot yeah. and yeah, she knew that the e-brake would like blow apart after two takes oh, really? and all these <laughs> things and then if and if the tires got too warm making that turn it could tip over because of the, the upper that roof weight. That the suspension saw, just wouldn't have held up either. either. <laughs> when we were filming the first first season of Top Gear USA, there was one with a BMW, uh, I think it was an X6M, and Tanner was driving it, and he did this heroic sliding turn, you know, at, I don't know, like Otherwise known as a Monday morning for Tanner. Yeah, yeah Monday morning for Tanner. And they're like, they get the shot, the camera's low, and, and he's like, and he's like, you know, and they're like, okay, that's good. Can you do it again and just place the car one foot closer to the camera? Sure. And he does it. <laughs> it's just... It, it, the amount of control well, that's like just like Reese Mellons yeah. him and you know? Tanner are on the same level with that shit yeah they it's are. Just they're the one they're the ones who do all the shit you see in Fast and Furious or yeah. they were in the, yeah. for a long time it was that the yellow or uh, four five eight commercial Tanner was the one actually there's the famous scene in Tokyo Drift where they're drifting circular up the parking lot oh, yeah. that was Tanner that was, which I think mm-hmm. was like kind of a, a funny thing they did in that Polaris slingshot video that came out because he kind of redid it in the Polaris slingshot oh they did yeah I gotta watch the new one yeah um, you know what's fun I watched is um, the best motoring I watched one where they were they did it, it was an old versus when Tanner was still doing uh, FD and so they did Japan versus America at Streets of Willow and it was Tanner in a GT500. Then they gave the same like car. Angelo or something? Uh, no, no, no. It was it was Ken Gushi was there, just kind of like talking about it. And then the um, uh, the original Drift King guy, and he was judging their performance. And it was Tanner versus the other dude. Well, that's cool. And it was it was ninety five to one hundred. It was really close. But what's cool about that is like nowadays everything has a thousand horsepower. Yeah. And and this was. Okay, let's drop the power down, make the car stock, and take these two superstars and then see how they compare on a slightly smaller scale. And it's very interesting to watch the small input differences and why the person that won won and the other one didn't. Interesting. I, gotta find I would it. love to see just just swap roles of rally drivers and drifters for, that for an event. Be. That would be really cool because they got a lot of the same skills. But see, I, th- I I think I don't know if it would necessarily translate just because the rally guy is still trying to get through. Like he's 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 drifting through the corner because he because he has it's to. It's the yeah. most efficient if, way if, possible. If, yeah. If, yeah. if he didn't need to drift, he wouldn't. He just has to. But the drift would, guy's more of a style thing. This dude just clipping trees well, so he doesn't. You do have Tanner running like a little rallycross. Yo, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, which is really splitting the difference between both of them. I think no, the skills would yeah. translate because there's a lot of guys that race road course that aren't good at sliding cars. Right. They're, they're trained to not do that. Right. So I think the rally and the, F, and the drifting would probably be more have more similarity. Yeah. There wouldn't be this massive 
difference in talent or uh, no i think you could take a a really good rally driver probably give him a couple days with a drift car and he'd be a very good drifter i don't think he'd be at the top of the sport but i think he'd be yeah of course well top of any sport you have to do that uh, like um cory hosford Mm -hmm. when uh, his brother races like the sprint midgets yeah so cory went to try those cars and you would think those cars are sideways most of the time and cory could get it because cory knows other forms of motorsports but he didn't just hop in it. It was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I got this, and it was interesting. I, I think he let his brother try his drift car too. I don't know, Probably. but, but like once you're in that discipline, there. I mean, to go cross discipline, there are a bunch of drivers who can do it, but there's a bunch. Well, it's like who can taekwondo and judo. You know, they're kind of sort of in the same genre, right. but not really the same right. thing. So if if you're very good at one thing. You you may be able to do well at something, but you won't immediately be very good at something. Yeah. You spent your life like Bo Jackson. You know he could do both sports, but it's like yeah, but you're better at one of them. You're still better at the one you started with and pursued he was, the he hardest. Was pretty good at both. He's pretty good at both. <laughs> you but, know the skill you have, like some of the some of the stuff. Because I, I I've I've been out on a uh, on one drive with Tanner, and it was a car he hadn't driven on and a surface he hadn't driven on. It was really amazing. But you know you drive so many different cars. Like he, I saw the I've seen another driver do the same thing. It's like one wiggle of the car gives him all the information he needs to know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like plugging the data. For guys who, who – or people, I should say, who drive in several different types of racing, once they basically plug that data into the computer between their ears, yeah. like what they can do with it is – It is. It's is, crazy. It's yeah. just something. Swerve left, yeah. swerve right. Oh, I know what the suspension is going to do. Yeah, oh, I yeah. have so much I have so much respect for that. Just to see that in action is mm-hmm. nuts. It is. It I did, awesome. I did van rides around the track, and I had this one lady. She's like, oh, you're amazing. You're this. You know, and I'm like, no, I'm really not. No, no, you are. And I said, and I, I said to her, you know, I may have told, said this in the last, last week, I don't remember, but I said, you know – it seems – you know, I'm not being modest. It seems amazing to you because you've never done it. But get in the car with somebody who really knows what they're doing, right. you know, like Tanner or, or Faust or somebody like that. And the difference is, is night and day. It's crazy. You know, you it's realize a, no, it's, it's I'm driving it's, yeah. You're like one of the year. kids that yeah, you've exactly. paced. Like that I'm, driving it's, yeah. I'm driving at five-tenths or six-tenths because that's the most I can do, you know, right. in this yeah. – in this Toyota Sienna minivan with seven people, right, in it. right. I've, I've driven, a, I've driven a track before, and after a few laps, yeah. like fuck, I think I'm starting to get this track. And then you get in the car with the pro, you're like, ah. Wait, were fuck you at the me. Sienna launch at Willow Springs? I was at the Sienna launch. No, the- you know when that started for me was I, the first time I did van rides for Motor Press Guild Track Day, and they took us around in the Siennas. Okay. And one of the guys in the car, it's just two of us, and one of the cars says, he says, yeah, Santa gets around the track pretty good. And the, I forget who the instructor was driving. He's like, oh, yeah, and he just cranks it up to like nine-tenths. And it was nuts. So, you know, you know years later when I, we did track track rides, I do the van rides for the VIPs at the when they were doing a studio. So I asked for a Sienna, and, you know, when I give it back, I'm like, okay, the tires are shot, but I think I sold about eight of these, you know. <laughs> And then we also had remember that right hand drive Mitsubishi Delica that no. was making the circulate that was making the rounds no, that's years ago for me I think that was you were you were around it might have been it might have been when you I were wish at, I would have known about that that's they had a right hand awesome. drive Delica which is the it's not really cool like the older Delicas like you see in Canada but it's a four wheel drive minivan that's cool and Chris, Christine Ju from Mitsubishi yeah. I told her I was getting a Toyota and she's like no fuck that take my van so <laughs> I had driven the Delica we'd driven it to we'd already driven it for Thanksgiving out to Arizona so I took the, I had the Delica out there and it gripped really well but it leaned Taller too much center of gravity yeah yeah it was it's not that tall but it just leaned a lot so then a- Adam Ferrara wants to go out on the track and I'm like and it's towards gonna, the end of the studio shoot this. No, I'm, he's like he's like. What can I take? Because I was like the car Nazi, and I had stuff that I needed to keep the tires. And the tires were shot. Once Steger Tanner's driven it, the tires are gone. And I'm looking around. I'm like, 
well, I got this van, so <laughs> so I with, I went with uh, Adam and his uh, and his wife and me, and we all went out and drove the van around the track, Metallica. That was pretty cool, though. It was oh, pretty. I mean, that'd be fun. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was a lot of fun. That'd be fun. But yeah, it's just it's like it's it's one thing with somebody who can do it a little, but it's another thing to just go with somebody who really knows how to I'm do it. I'm good enough to know I suck. <laughs> That's basically That's yeah, a great it. thing to know. Believe it or not, um, Zach, how goes your personal car search? It's still ongoing, right? Well, yeah, it's on. I mean, it got postponed because I was gone for a couple of days. But um, I'm trying to look at this uh, gray IS300. I think the IS300 is a smart thing to do. Is this is this first generation? You know why? Because I just yes, uh, first yes. generation. Because I I just drove the LS the TST LS400 million mile Lexus to Colorado and back, and I realized. When a car works and the AC works and all the things work, it's really nice. Yeah. If I have yeah. somewhere to yeah. go, will he loan me that thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You oh, need to put miles on. You drive as far as you want. How many does it have now? 937,000-something. Yeah, so the goals. Some, oh, that's brilliant. brilliant. But the air conditioning doesn't work? No, it does work. It, it does. And what I'm saying is that car worked, and it's, it's a 93. So you, that's Can why I, you're like, I'm getting a Lexus. That's why I should get a Lexus. You know, sure. Instead of an, a, a, an S52 swapped E30, which is really fun, but <laughs> the heater and the AC are from the early 90s, and we know how that goes. Or even an E36, which is so damn tempting, but everyone I know that's owned one, something is going to break all the time. You'll lose the Vanos system or something well, like that. Well, even if you repair the Vanos, if you repair, all, if you repair the whole drivetrain, which you will probably have to spend money to do, it's still going to have these door cards break all the time, all these little things. There was a British, the Lexus shit's going to work. There was a British journalist just like a few weeks ago that put a video up, and I saw it, and I, I was thinking of you specifically because he bought an E36 M3, and he's like, well, this looks like it's in pretty good shape. Oh, uh... Yes, I know the show. Okay. Yeah, well, he takes it to you know he takes it to his <laughs> his mechanic, it's specifically a oh, BMW. Oh, is this Wheeler guy. Dealers? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Oh, okay. And, and the car show. legitimately looks fine by all accounts. He's like, it drives pretty good. And the mechanic just goes in and he goes, "Yeah, you've got about oh nine grand worth of repairs you're gonna throw well, into it." Well, he found a bunch of rust that the guy hadn't found, like in the trunk and mm-hmm. under the like the, that car was really <laughs> bad. Yeah, it was estrol blue and it looked nice and it was bad. I had a cousin who had a Mercedes diesel. And he told me he got in a Jag. And I said, why did you get rid of the Mercedes? He said, I took it to my mechanic, and my mechanic, uh, you know, I, I went home. I came back to my mechanic, and my mechanic looked at me and said, Bernard, sell the car. <laughs> so he goes, I didn't even ask why. I sold the car. Uh, I'm going to slide this over to some uh, listener questions. I always want to say reader. but uh, So I'm going to start on Facebook. And we have a few. And this one is, I swear to God, I didn't plant this. Did you check out Formula D Long Beach? And do you think that Pro Drift is something, this is Russell Turnbull, by the way, something that will stick around for a while? I was watching a bit of it online, and it seemed that there were quite a few empty seats during the top 32 face-off. It was All, raining. There's that. But also, when I was watching <laughs> the 16 and the 8 and the 4, the place was packed. Uh, the Long Beach oh, it doesn't always have the greatest turnout either. Long Beach has actually does pretty good for. I've seen the, I've seen the spectator stuff be kind of empty at times. I, I mean, especially when you do the GP. GP's fucking packed. Yeah. Um, but but Long Beach is generally a good drift crowd, and it's gotten better every year. Irwindale was the original like king crowd, mm-hmm, yeah. but Long Beach has become a pretty good force for Formula D. And yes, I do think it's sticking around. And I thought even with the rain, I enjoyed this weekend. Did I get to drive the course or at least part of it in the suburban? When? When they had it, a couple of years ago, we did a motor press killed some kind of power trip, and they uh, or power trip whatever we're supposed to call it, and like it was when they have it's partially set up, but it's still open to the public. Oh yeah, and we drove. Th- it was just cool. I had that picture. Oh no, I, I did a, I did a, not to sound like a one upper, but that's totally what I'm doing right now. Uh, I drove a parade lap for Pirelli World Challenge a couple of years ago in a CTSV wagon. I was gonna say it's, it's my diesel suburban. It's not a hard well, car see, to one up. That's the fun thing if you live in the area. You could one up it walking right now if you drove down there. 
the fencing is up, but the road is open. Mm-hmm. So yes. I've taken an Aventador down there. I've taken a Vanquish <laughs> through there. And there's there's people in town because you know they're traveling, and then all of a sudden they're wham, and you're like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's very fun if you live in the area. Should um, go take have a you, bet down there. Have you plugged Sam's should. podcast yet? The Maximum Driftcast. No, but we will do that. Actually, fuck, we'll do it right now. If you uh, if you like drifting and you want to find another podcast, listen to Sam Nalvin, also with his friend Paco Ibarra, and the insanely hilarious Corey Hosford Maximum Driftcast. They do a video version too, which is really good. Sam told me that watching the video version, he realized he picks his nose a lot. He's <laughs> 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 like, I've had to edit out like four. You know that happened like four so, times an hour. <laughs> I did it just real quick. I did an in car like a camera test because I'm, I'm getting ready to do the podcast and I want to uh, you know videotape it as well so I was trying it out filming it with the with the phone and I get became all like all self-conscious all the stuff that I do when oh, I'm in yeah. the car, I rub my, hair I rub my arm. I have this this thing, this thing my on my hair. face that's like scabbing up. I keep picking at it. I'm like, holy! <laughs> and I didn't even see the video. I mean, just I, all of a sudden, every time my hand comes off the wheel, I'm like, oh, oh wait, I'm on camera. You know, all this shit that I, I do. I mean, at least you're conscious of it. That's good. It, I wasn't until now. I mean, I've been doing this someone, shit for 44 years. On one of my videos, someone comes like, man, it's great that you're a clear presenter. No ahs and ums. I'm like. I edit those out. You should see. <laughs> I realize I just. That's nice. I because on my fast. comments I get what's with the short fat Jew? How big is his head and how little is he? Well, if you want to go see a video and people who listen to this know because I did an episode just by myself of this podcast talking about YouTube comments where I went and read a bunch of them. Um, for those of you who listen to that episode, the Rugged Ridge Jeep video is still going on new comments about anti-Trump. Somebody said, I've registered my disgust with Rugged Ridge themselves. They've lost a customer. You've lost a viewer. Like, I don't... What did they do? What did you do? I made a throw. And so I shot this video. Sorry for those of you listening to Rehash, but I shot this video months ago. Like, Mm -hmm. when Trump was just talking about getting to the race, and then it just took me a while to edit it. And I did a throwaway joke where, like, oh, I hope nobody thinks I'm a Trump vote. Because it's a modified Jeep with, like, green military paint, and it's Marine logos. I'm like, so I just did a throwaway joke. Like, oh, I hope nobody thinks I'm a Trump vote. The vitriol, I mean, the videos, the views are great. The vitriol (laughs) about how, like, this little faggot, and, and, I mean, it's it's un- Real. What's going on in the video comments of this section? But this one, this one time, this is the first time somebody's actually ever said something like this. This new comment is like, I, "I'm disgusted." Blah blah blah. And it, the thing, I haven't replied. I want to reply. I type something out and then I just delete it because you know what? I'm just going to let this go. But I want the one thing I want to say. I want to get them all in a room and be like, "You guys think you're like these tough macho people? You are the most thin-skinned fucking pussies I've ever met." I make one throwaway Trump joke and it's like I've said we should burn the planet to the ground. Uh, it's like I'm pissing on the American flag. It's it's unreal and it's hilarious. Well, it's okay. and I, love I love it. It's like they're the awful joke. people with no brains. So who no, no, it's cares? great. It's, I, I, it That's doesn't now. upset for those of you listening who think I get upset about it. Yeah. I think it is fucking hysterical. Make so, it worse. And but then I think about like, oh, I'm going to reply to this guy. This this new one, I'm going to. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. This is a weird this all thing this now. all rubs it, all this rolls off you. You know, all off your back like a dick. So people Most who are listening, uh, Mr. Glucker is very very sensitive about the state of his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> If you'd like really get him right the other fun way to eyes. take that is just to go completely non sequitur and just be like, hey, do you want to go to prom? Just throw weird <laughs> right. shit out there. Yeah. When you suck dick, do you like not like the taste? <laughs> I asked one guy if he wanted to put on masks and jack each other off for the weekend at one point. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped responding. That's a good I idea. love it, but make one Trump coming. You know the joke that ends, one. but fuck one good. Right, you right, know? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Nick Taylor asks, did you ever drive the Suzuki Kazashi? 
Uh, yes, and I loved it. Yes, I did too. The manual version, though, I hated the CVT. I uh, well, I don't hate CVTs like everybody else does. Can I my the Kazashi? This was That's right after. Car. Yeah, this was right after the Jetta. The Jetta got kind of went to, to Suckville. Shit. Yeah, yeah, one stop down the down the train line to Suckville. And uh, what I thought the Kazashi was population you population <laughs> me. Yeah, you've seen my videos. Um, I thought the Kazashi was like the new Jetta. It's right on size. It was right on driving was. dynamics. Yeah. What a shame. Nicely we actually had one. Very yeah. well priced. We actually had one for, for four months. We did like a sort of a moderate long-term loan on one. Didn't have a single problem with the car. We loved the car. car. It was exceptionally well priced now. You can buy them for like $6,000. <laughs> well, you know, that was a big yeah, thing because four. we still had the car, I think, about the time they went under. So we're like, where the hell do we serve? No, it, no, I'm sorry. Zuki hadn't gotten well, out, but... Um, we were wondering where we serve it because all the dealers were all the dealers were disappearing like smoke. Um, but there's local places. So Van Nuys, I live near Van Nuys, and there's a million car dealers. And we just took it to the to the uh, the Kia dealership. We had the Suzuki repair franchise. You take it to the it's like where the, everybody buys dirt bikes. It's like dirt bike, <laughs> oh. dirt bike, dirt bike. Uh, Kazashi, getting yeah, serviced. yeah. There you go. <laughs> so Nick Taylor follows up with more questions. Why is the new Canyon Colorado diesel motor the same as the old Jeep Liberty CRD? I can talk about this. I don't know. Because I – because motor, I – it? it is. Okay. I can talk about this because I wrote an in-depth article and grilled this poor SOB at General Motors. <laughs> um, it's not the same engine. It's the same engine family. I can't – now I'm – I'm, I'm sure you're going to get negative comments because it's R420. I think the old one's the R428. New one is A428. It's an outgrowth of that engine, and it's like anything else. You know, they develop engines. So the official story, because I asked, is this the A428, which you can buy as an industrial motor? And what General Motors said is, no, we went in, we re, you know, we engineered it together with VM. This is the tail end. They had a – before VM – because VM's part of Fiat. Right. But before, uh, before the whole Fiat-Chrysler deal, General Motors and Fiat had a partnership. And they, this is like the tail end of it. Like the crappy diesels and the – not crappy. The not-as-good-as-Europe diesels and the crews were part of that. Okay. Um, so that's well, the deal. I believe this is a relationship that they'd used extensively overseas before, before they started I'm not sure because they do stuff in – I don't know as much. I know the crews had different diesels. But, you know, it's like, it's like you know, the, the, the ISB became – was really – what the hell was the – I can't remember the name of the Cummins diesel, the, oh. three point, the straight six diesel. It had a different name. It was a B-series, then it became the ISB, and then all that. You know, the, it's, a, it's a development of the engine, and what they told us is that – what they told me is that General Motors work with them, and General Motors owns the tooling, and they own the plant, and they can continue to develop the engine. So it's not the same – Again, it's, it's like it's related, but it's different. It's related. It's continued development. You know, the big thing is, you know, the big thing on diesels. I mean, the blocks don't friggin' change all that right. much. Uh, you know, unless it's like the sky active diesel where they're going for really low you compression mean the system ratio. that doesn't seem to ever the work. mythical diesel that so, doesn't exist. No, it exists. I've driven it. Really? Yeah, they had an event. Uh, they had an event where in can Canada I buy one? a few years ago, and the best part was so they had the engineers. Am I going to get in trouble until like where we were talking about before? If I, it's funnier with the accent. I shouldn't do the accent. Robin would kill me. The accent was great because they're the engineers. From Japan, very thick accents, oh. and they're, we're doing the sky active. No, now you now you have to yeah. do it. We used and, to do. Well, the gasoline, Lake's not on the show anymore, so okay, you can so do the accent. Um, so the you know, Japanese. the guy's talking about the gasoline <laughs> engine, and he's they're talking about all the stuff they did to raise the Sorry, compression Blake, ratio. And he says, you know, with all these differences, we have raise a compression ratio to a fourteen to one, and then twenty minutes later, we're in the diesel. We're talking to the diesel engineer, and he's talking about all the stuff they've done to drop the combustion temperatures and they, how they handle NOx and all that. And he goes, well, he goes we have been able to uh, compression ratio to 14 to 1. And I thought that's the coolest thing. The engines have met in the middle. Yeah, That engine was friggin' awesome. We drove it in 
like new Mazda 6 mules with the old body. Half were right-hand drive manuals, which yes, I had a cool. I had a raging, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, and I had wood for that one. Um, what I and it was a great engine because you know how the 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 Volkswagen diesels like fall off like right. 500 RPM before the don't. limiter. It pulled. It was like a gas engine. I, wow. I read. I don't remember the numbers, so don't quote me on the numbers. It redlined at like five, but it pulled but all the way. It there. limited at six. Pulled like a wow. gasoline engine all the way to when it hit the limiter. You could go. It's a shame. But what I is... heard, what I heard about the engines was, and this makes sense in terms of all the Volkswagen things. What I heard, and this is all rumor. This is nothing official and not even background. Just the rumor that I'd heard is that they were not able to meet U.S. emission standards and keep the zoom zoom character of the engines. Hmm. Jake Brown is now going to sneak to your house and kill you. In the <laughs> Jay, it was, it was, that was a conversation that took place before Jacob Brown went over to uh, the other side. Um, I just, you know, I hear that and they're going like, well, we, we want to make it kind of medium duty. And the last time somebody tried to do that was the cattle, it was the GM 350 diesel. And it was a fucking disaster. And I sure as hell would not want to own a first generation of that diesel motor. I, I published when I was actually editing Diesel World magazine, I published a great article on the history, specifically of the six. There was a front wheel. You know, there was a besides the the five point seven. There was a six cylinder, four point three yeah, yeah, liters, yeah. I think. And I did not know this until the guy wrote the article. There's a transverse put that in a Cadillac at one point, did they? I don't know. I know it was in an Oldsmobile because a friend of mine had a Cutlass. With I think a, they. Had, I think they tried them in the Caddies too. They had the diesels in the Caddies. I know that the V eight six. We're talking about the diesels. Yeah, was oh, what is wrong with me? They had the eights in the Caddies, but they did a transverse version. They did V eight Cadillacs. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, um, the V8 diesel, but they did a transverse version of that 4.3. And this guy found somebody who had like a, 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 a Oldsmobile Calais, uh, Cutlass. Calais? And Calais. A, no, I had a Calais. He had an A-body Cutlass that had the, the transverse diesel in it. Perverse diesel? Yeah, they, the perverse diesel. And they got, I think it was a lot of bad decisions in the beginning. Apparently, they settled down to make their 85 horsepower with some level of reliability. Jesus. Uh, his final question, Nick. Cocaine. Do you think small diesel trucks will finally take off in the U.S.? No, I don't. Next no. question. I wish they would. Which Me is too. we sad. all do. We all do. But the you know the problem is the the problem is the price yeah. because you know they advertise that as a five thousand dollar option, but you cannot get the and I just did this for another site, so this is how I know all this shit. But um, you can't get that diesel. You can only get it in a medium trim level. So at the end of the day, it's it's like thirteen thousand. Right. The cheapest the diesel, truck. yeah, it's thirteen thousand dollars more expensive than the absolute bottom of the right. barrel. You want the four by two yeah. steel wheels? Beat the you shit out of it. Yeah, but you know what? We towed we we towed the horse trailer with the diesel. We figured that for about five five thousand fifty five hundred pounds with the horse in it. And I think they're rated for like six or sixty-six. I think. Was and, the uh, Colorado or the canyon? This, it was a canyon. It was four by four canyon. Colorado, like next week, actually. It was. It's a. It's a great little engine. Heard it's fantastic. And it sounds I know good. It sounds a like a diesel. Lemons car and got twenty-two miles per gallon. We didn't do that. Our, it was mostly yeah. highway. Our towing mileage wasn't great because we were towing in the hills, but it did it. Horses and the big are thing is it was less stable. aerodynamic. There's that. <laughs> well, we put the horse in the trailer. Leans, it just <laughs> leans into the wind. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I was just <laughs> hoping that you had the horse on roller skates. You no, know, you know, the funny thing is we really want because they said Those they have a shoes. they said they have an engine braking function built into the turbocharger because the truck is so low and the trailer is so high we couldn't. We, the engine brake never made a difference. Going downhill, oh, aerodynamically, it would slow down. Yeah, You need to make the nice. horse lie down. Uh, <laughs> Who knows what the hell he does Craig back on, His first name's Craig on. 
Uh, Jeff, how would you take over the world if you were thinking of doing it? Lord Craig, this is is how I would do it. Craig on end communication. What what would you drive to take over the world? <laughs> I'm sorry that we're making fun of your name. I really apologize, um, but it's it's fun. Do you think the cost of Mark IV Supras will decrease or increase once the JDM Mark Fives are available to import? Yes, Japanese metal is going up, and I don't think it's slowing down. So, uh, finding a clean Mark IV Supra expensive. Yeah, Freddie was talking about that. He he's trying to find a high mileage Supra that he can buy and drive. He's, an, he's a psychopath. No, in the best I mean, way he, possible. If you buy one of those that's not modded to hell, to the drive, engine should drive. work, right. and then you can find someone with a ninety thousand mile Supra right. that it's not a garage right. queen that's going to appreciate. Right. So everyone and I'm, is and by the way, I mean that tons. in the best way possible. Yeah, um, he's a madman. And for his purposes, if he's going to get that Supra, he's going to beat the shit out of it and get one high mileage and rebuild the motor. Dude, he stuck that in my ear, and I'm like, I'm going to try to do that in the next five to seven years. Yeah. Um, Jessica Kyle Weissman asks, I, I'm sorry because we're going to make fun of this question. Be, being a Veloster Turbo owner, what changes do you want to see in the next gen 2018? That it goes away? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually got a real answer to that. Yeah. No design? asymmetrical fucking doors. Oh, I love the doors. I liked yeah. that. I kind of liked that car until I realized, like, it's an economy car, though. The doors are asymmetrical. My it's problem with that retarded. car is they tout it as a sports car and is 100% an economy car with sports car clothes. Like you CRZ. are so right. I was. I really like the Veloster. Huh. Yeah. CRZ is like three CRXs rolled into one. It's an HF, an also, SI, well, and a DX for when you're feeling The CRZ also rotates because of the battery pack, <laughs> which is fucking you know, I like I, that car. It just wanted to be a little bit more than what it was. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it feels like the Veloster could be good with a little more development. I gave the, I gave the Veloster a really Gen positive power review. Train. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I gave the Veloster a really positive view, and then I drove the Turbo, and I was so disappointed because it's exactly what you say. It's just a Veloster with it's a bigger engine. Car. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do enough. So the answer to the question is put a real suspension in it. And then the usual, well, which we're do, always They keep say. saying they want to do a, like a performance brand, right? Like Hyundai F, or I forget what the fuck they're going to call it. No, no, no. There, there's like a special, like, like, like the Lexus F Sport. They want to do something like more than R Spec. Um, AMG-esque, but not AMG, obviously. Uh, Buddy Daniels asks, Focus RS versus Golf R versus STI, best all-around car, track, street, canyon, traffic. First of all, how did he get here from the 1950s? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you this bad with everybody's name? I'm bad. I'm just a bad person. Uh, What Uh, was his question? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying. Focus RS versus Golf R versus STI, best all-around car, track, street, canyon, traffic. Uh, Focus, probably. I was going to say Golf R because the interior is going to be nicer. I just drove you're a talking go- traffic too. I just drove a golf cart. Talking about traffic, point, man, man. Traffic? You talking about traffic? Allen Iverson. Who are you doing? No one gets it. Nope. Practice. They, they, man, they, we talking about practice? Focus oh, is pretty comfortable, you. though. I mean, yeah, but the golf, the golf is nicer inside. But if he's gonna, but he's at track also. But the seats are still good in the golf. True, but will it? The Focus RS will be more abuse? fun, but all a hundred percent all around, I would pick the golf R. I would say the Delphi. focus. I will concede if I'm driving it to a track event and I see someone in an RS. I'm like fuck, and then I drive home. And be like, oh no. Oh, I, I would say it depends on. It, 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 I, I think there's a little bit of an overlap there because when we had the Fiesta, drove it to San Francisco, drove it all over the place. Seats were comfortable. It rode fine. I right. was I was never really wanting for more creature comfort. Sure. If I had it, it was like, oh, this car, I, a different car, might be quieter. I just drove my car to San Francisco and back. The Fiesta, exactly. And as tight as those seats are, and like as hard as they are. They're perfect. My yeah. back was see, fine I, getting I in hate that. those so, seats. Oh, see, I think they, they fit quite well. But well, I, I do understand you're what wrong. you're saying. <laughs> it, it, it could be – I guess if you're 60% track and canyon and 40% you want the comfort, 
than focus, but otherwise I'd, I think... Well, golf. you also have to ask the question, which I think I know the answer since the cars that are on his list, how do you feel about manual transmissions and stop-and-go traffic? I, I mean, I, I, can, I can do them. You know, I mean, I don't mind. I actually, I like a manual better than yeah. an automatic for I, real I, slow I'm stuff because okay I can put it in gear and take my foot off all right. the pedals. But I got to say, I mean, I'm, I, I've always, you know, we've we've had this conversation before. Manuals for fun, uh, twin clutch for speed. But I just drove a basic Golf R with a twin clutch transmission. Just had it for a week. Only got one day on the Canyons, for which I'm still haven't removed my foot from my own ass from kicking myself. But um, you know, but that's what it's like when you have to make a living as a freelancer. But yep. you know, with that DSG, it's like living in a video game. That you know, except you can't crash into stuff. I mean, it's hard to, it's no, hard to. Fu- and I miss, I miss, yeah, I, I, and I, I miss the, like I miss the shit out of the out of the Evo. Uh, the I drove the final edition a few weeks ago. Yeah, the Evo is a terrible car. That's also yes, so the Evo much fun. Yeah, tortures you, and the Golf is so civil, and it's. I think it's forty. I think it's every the bit. Worst. We, as Matt thrilling. and I on TST, we've all said this. The best car with the absolute worst fucking interior. That's why if you're going to buy an Evo, you buy an Evo 9 because the 10's not any better. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So Josh Ostrander, friend of the site. How rad is Matthew Dale Kaufman new livery? For those of you who don't know, Formula D, his car was fucking dope. Uh, Look it up. See if you can find Matt Kaufman's Formula D livery. Is it livery or livery? I, I say, say, live. say livery. I think livery. I say livery. I know I'm wrong. I think I say both, actually. I go back and forth. The British pronunciation is livery. And so he also says, just bought a Mirage enough, with but... your recommendation, best shitbox ever. If you really did buy a Mirage on our recommendation, I'll, I'll give you a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll see it running around. <laughs> he Huggy bought Beach. a Mirage on her recommendation. Marco, one of our writers. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we didn't tell him to, like, kill his own children. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, one of our writers, asked, how awesome is the new CT? Uh, yeah. Dude, that thing is so. You should see the back of it. Can you turn too. all the way around? I'm not done. Oh, on it the, looks like uh, on it looks the back like of it the... says this machine is built for war Uber or something Bird. like that. Right. Well, you think he painted it with? Ha- you think he? Ha- Our Uber looked pretty freaking cool. Oh. You think he painted it with house paint? That no. <laughs> that car's. I it looks love like he, that fucking. It looks car. like a yeah. uh, a paint job he did in Forza. It definitely looks Forza-esque, but like Forza-esque. like an odd like military, even though the colors aren't military, there's there's something about it in person. It, there's a hardness so to dope. it. Yeah, I believe cool. the pronunciation is Forza-esque. Forza-esque. Uh, Markle asks, how awesome is the new CTS-4 3.6? I've never driven it. CTS-4 3.6. So the all-wheel drive 3.6. It's, it, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I like this. Here's the thing. I thought he was going to say CTS-V, and I was like, you know, taking in the oxygen for the... Yeah, uh, but you know the thing about the three six, I have a, I feel guilty. I have a real guilt complex about that engine because it's in everything, and it's like right. our old familiar friend, and it's hard to get excited about it. And it's one of those engines that's so ubiquitous, and I've driven so many of them. It's easy to forget that it's a good fucking engine. Yeah, uh, it's a really great engine. Um, all of those the three five, three six, three eights that are all normally aspirated, they all make about the same power. Yeah. they all have very similar characteristics. They are the standard mid-grade engine across many cars. The one thing about the Cadillac is because they've they've taken so much weight out of the caddies that you know you yeah. get a lot more you get a lot more out of it, but it still kind of sounds like the six. You know, the one thing I would say can you you can get the two liter in the CTS, right? Mm-hmm. You can. I would say two point T. If only because you can then wow the shit out of people and go, and it's only a four cylinder. My brother and his fiance are in this. They're looking at ATS CTS right now, and and he's like, well, would the two point T be okay in the CTS? Two point T is great. Two point T is great in the CT six. You know, get a tune on it. Like mm-hmm. our friend <laughs> it's gonna be who works at a certain exhaust. His fiance's car. Yeah. So. 
I do like I, shuttle tune it anyway. One day when my dad starts getting like a little senile, I'm going to tune his Volvo V60 without telling him, and he's going to. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been. He's going to drive into he's the retaining wall at the back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I the may back have been looking at Volvo's website the other day, like praying that how much our prices were were wrong. How much <laughs> of a premium is a V Sport over a regular CTS? What's that? How much is a premium is a V Sport over a regular? It's a good CTS? question because I've, I've I've never driven one. And I've heard very good the things. The CTS V Sport, the Sport, it's like four hundred horsepower, right? Or something. Yeah, it's like that. quick. Yeah. It's got a, the power band's kind of weird and it doesn't sound great, but it's, and that's it's another a good car, car that gotta, you know, if you tune it, it will make lots and lots yeah, of power. And that's one thing about yeah. those caddies is every engine is one step up. Like the two liter gives you what you'd expect from a three six. The naturally aspirated three six gives you what, ex- what you'd expect from a three six turbo. Three six turbo is like an eight. And the hmm. and the the CTSV words, yeah, right. cannot describe it. And uh, they're making a more powerful one. <laughs> but I would say so. I would say you know I, the three six is a great engine. I'd pa- I'd probably pass on it just because I'm a bit of a snob and it just seems a little too ordinary. Yeah, the and that's my problem. Fun. Yeah, um, we're going to jump to Twitter questions now. Untitled Car Show at Untitled Car Show, whose podcast I was on, we recorded last week, so I think it's out this week or next week. Um, uh, he asked pie or cake, and my answer is key lime pie. Pie. Uh, Alex cake. K from Digital Trends asked, "Don't you hate pants all in caps?" And I yes. do actually. No. That's a Simpsons line. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the next question is also like it's just bullshit questions on yeah. Twitter for some reason. Matt Richter, who's at Matthew M Richter, asks, "Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it?" Which is a line from Forty-Year-Old uh, Virgin. Thank you. Um, Cars and Cactus, who's at Car Guy Shirts. When all cars are eventually electric, will we enjoy the silence? No. Maybe. We're going to have yeah. to find new <laughs> sounds. Yeah. Um, I will at my house. The, I'm tired the, of the fucking cars. Oh, my gosh. Call the cops. That guy was exceeding five decibels. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan Patrick, who's at Drunk on Unleaded, which is actually a good Twitter handle, uh, asks, any Wombat up- updates? Nope, because fuck me in that car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Bygrave, at Nick underscore Bygrave. Should I get a BMW 318Ti or a Porsche 944 on a $3,000 budget? You're fucked either way. Yeah. yeah. Money will go farther on the BMW because Porsche parts, they're such... The BMW parts if, aren't cheap. The Porsche parts are super expensive. I just want to know, if he's got $3,000, so he's covered for fixing it, what's so he going to buy it with? Yeah. Get him out. No, no. <laughs> we bought we bought a uh, 325e for that. Um, the oh, the BF Goodrich, Goodrich thing. Yeah. That car, and, and then in my oh, in my shit. researching right. of crazy swaps, <laughs> if you get a well a good running like 318, or buy one for two and then repair whatever's wrong, the drivetrain should last a very very long time. There you go. BMW. The 318's got a simpler rear suspension design. It's the E30 rear suspension tacked onto a E36 front end. I well, it's also, it's also a pretty simple car, and the 944 is not a simple car. And so that's a 318 yeah. is once once it does break, is an awesome car for a motor swap. Yeah, I love that car with a with a straight six or a V8. Oh, yeah. And I have yeah. to say, one advantage I would think of the BMW is that everybody's had any problem you can have. Yeah, so they can fix it. Yeah, I was gonna say I have a perfectly good running 318 in my Polara. There you go. Um, different 318. You know, actually, someone should put a 318 in a 318. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck? Someone's had to have done if that. You put, that would be the raddest thing bad ever. V8 into no, a you can car. use 318. It's a good V8. 318s, you can work yeah. those things. Cop engines, put a 360 or 340 Got heads on. You it. can. Uh, and wouldn't that be great to see a BMW and the guy turns the key and it goes like you know the Chrysler? You can make 318s make plenty of power and noise. Um, Chris Hosford, who's a very From high up person up at Hyundai, asks, please explain Katy Perry. 
Uh, tits. So, <laughs> yes! Uh, um, <laughs> at Car Guy Shirts asks another question. Should I turn the sp- stability control off on my Mazda for a run in the SoCal Canyons to get dirty like a... Sp- Esapaki es- Lapi, who I'm guessing is like a Scandinavian rally driver, who I, I probably know. I, I don't know. Yeah, you should no, because no. it's a front wheel drive car. You'll be fine. No, because no. you know what? You know what? My wife, when I first started driving in the cabin, in the cabins, what is wrong with Can't, me? Yeah. In the canyons, and I drove in the cabins. That was my problem. So she grew up around there, around Thousand Oaks, and she's like, you know, you fall off here, and they don't find you until 20 years later when the fires come through. That's the reason, you know, here's and here. I'm sorry. For, 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 one ahead. more thing is, if you really, really, really want to be a snob about it, leave. Stability control on because unless it's really strong, right. no, it's watch the light because if you can drive at the edge right. without triggering it, then right. you're doing, then it, right. You're doing yeah. it right. And I'd argue if you're asking the question, you should not be. Doing <laughs> it. And to be fair, you know everybody says that's another thing. I keep talking about the newest Colby douche post on uh, on uh, Sniff, Sniff Petrol. Petrol, which you have to read. It's really friggin' funny. He's called on to deliver a GT 350, um, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't turn it off because you know, like I talked about whatever. When was the when was the when was uh, Smoking Tire podcast earlier this week? Same exact time as this one. Exactly the same day. And, and yeah. Okay. Anyway, whenever I was on uh, Smoking Tire, you know, it, it's like every time I always say every time the, I was saying to Matt, every time the light goes on, I think, okay, I died there. Right. You know, the fact is, you know, I know my own limitations and I do screw stuff up. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll be in a rear drive car and I, I, I grew up on front wheel drive, so I'm a little cautious with oversteer. And uh, uh, I stay as the hell as far away from it as I can. <laughs> but, you know, every once in a while, something comes up by surprise and the light goes off and the car goes a little sideways. I'm like, oh, shit, the nanny saved me there. And I'm a fairly conservative. You've driven with me. I'm not real fast. I'm fairly conservative. Oh, no, you're in my that favorite way. to drive on um, the rest because I know I'm going to live. Yeah, exactly. You're going <laughs> to live through it. And even me, it happens. And that's the thing. You know, it's, it's, it's like people who won't. People won't, you know, neuter their dogs. It's like, you know, turning the stability control off may make you seem ballsier, but turn, leaving it on is the smart move. Unless it's really invasive. <laughs> Eventually your dog's going to fuck another dog. <laughs> Eventually your dog's going to fuck another dog. Um, yeah. Know your limits. Car Guys Shirts asked another question. If you could drive anywhere from Huntington Beach to visit using only two-lane highway with no timeline, where would you go? Where the fuck is Huntington Beach? <laughs> Wait, drive anywhere from there? If you could drive anywhere from Huntington Beach to visit using only two-lane highway with no timeline, where would you go? New York. I was going to say, I, just because I want to go back, is uh, Vancouver. Yeah, I was going to say Canada. I've never been up there. Uh, Vancouver is an amazing city. My other choice would be like somewhere deep into Mexico. but No. Um, We've done that. I've, I did. Every time you're going to die, I've told you the long road trip in Mexico is wonderful. I've driven through Mexico. But using exclusively two lanes, that's really I know. It takes hard. a long time. It takes a long time. Well, no, I mean just to map the route. You stick up yeah. on the coast, you go up to go up to Canada. Because you've got that stretch on the 101 where you can't avoid. Like, the one becomes right. the 101 for that long, boring ass stretch. Yeah, yeah. Where, right. where, yeah. Well, you can go. There are parts you. There are parts you. Where you you have to like. Duck make a, but there roads. are parts you can't get over. Dingy. Yeah, cut oh. in through. San Honestly, yeah, no, I no. would go anywhere. My wife and I love to road Sit trip. Sit down, Harrison. We'd go anywhere on two lanes. Anywhere, yeah. yeah anywhere. Get, a good point. Can't get, get back in the cage. <laughs> yeah, you speak up once and you're wrong. What the hell? What is? What kind of an operation is this? Uh, another question. What's up with these microbrewing cans, not bottles? Don't hate cans. Cans are the best for poolside summer drinking. There's a mate, one of the best beers I've ever had comes from a can. Isn't there a deal also with sunlight coming through bottles? That's it? true too. That's no, that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, sunlight is the enemy of beer uh, and, and the Irish. Irish. <laughs> and vampires. That's funny. It's got an inverse relationship. Uh, let me see. Uh, remember when uh, in Die Hard, Bruce Willis had to walk over the broken glass without mm-hmm. any shoes? Did um, did you like that? That's from Sweet and Low 2. Yeah, great I'm movie. guessing he's doing the Chris Farley. Right? Uh, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Uh, the Real Greg 9 asks, favorite road trip snack? Um, 
It's amazing that Greg's dick can actually write a tweet. That's impressive. <laughs> M&M's. Uh, beef jerky. Yeah, um, beef jerky. Especially, like, if you find, like, where it's, like, weird like meats. F- fresh. Oh, yeah, like alligator jerky yeah. or something. M&M's because it's, like, a chocolate IV. Drip? Uh, drip? Drip? I'm going to go with sunflower seeds. If I had to pick one, because that's an, that's oh, an activity. Seeds. See, I suck at eating them. I just but put them all in my mouth and chew, that, and I don't separate anything, and then I just spit out a big mash of shit. I hate sunflower seeds. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't have as uh, dexterous a tongue as I do. No. <laughs> um... Kevin S., who's LF, LF9 body, what tailgating food would complement the Hoom truck? Pulled pork sandwiches or clam chowder? Uh, I like clam chowder being from New England, but I think pulled pork fits pulled pork the truck. Pulled pork fits the image of the truck. The truck. Uh, yeah. We have a question from Rutledge Wood. Uh, yes, are you coming to Long Beach to see me kick ass in the Toyota Pro Celebrity race this weekend? Are you racing? That's awesome. Yeah, uh, he, he's won before, actually, like two years in a row or something. Or Rutledge, he's won. do he's the won. show. I think Come the on. answer to Yeah, Rutledge, get your ass on the yeah. show. Rutledge, what's um, in it for the Hooniverse <laughs> podcast team? Uh, Kevin S., who's LF9 body, when will we know if Faraday Future isn't a scam? We have a ways. Sorry, all my people who I know who work there, but we have a ways to go. <laughs> they're employing people, and they're paying them wages, and they just got money from the California government to do things. And So we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed. Because Your like Coda I said, has a bright future. Like I said, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those are all the online questions. I just want to go back to my fucking list of things here. Uh, what about I had a bunch of other shit to talk about, but where? what are we at? An hour ten. Yeah, so we're good. Everybody tell everybody where they can find you on social medias. Oh, we're going, oh, going in uh, counterclockwise. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, the Auto Nerd on Twitter, Aaron the Auto Nerd on Instagram, and uh, – uh, Facebook.com slash autonerd, I think. So, uh, Perfect. And I have a, will be having a podcast at some point, so I'll announce that on, we'll, on Twitter. We'll bring it up. We'll that'll be here, too. That'll be 40 minutes of your life you'll want back. Awesome. Right. Harrison, where can everybody Harrison hear Bidan you? on Instagram or HarrisonBedan.com if you want to hear some really awful, awful ramblings. Awesome. So. Nice. We, we we promise he speaks more there than he does here. That's I the know. only kind of rambling Well, a picture's life. worth a thousand words, so if they go on his Instagram... Exactly. I make up for it somewhere. Exactly. By default. Chris, tell everybody about Shout Engine. All right. So if you want to do a podcast like Mr. Gold Which over here, uh, come on over to Shout Engine. We'll set you up. We get the free plans. We get the paid plans. And uh, it's very easy to use. So uh, get on there. And uh, if you want to see my angry ramblings that happen at 3 a.m., it's at Hayes Data on Twitter. I don't use <laughs> Facebook. I don't use Instagram. I am a 63-year-old man in a 33-year-old body. Uh, Zach, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, listen to the Smoking Tire podcast, and then if you want to watch me make jokes about everything except cars, um, at Zach Clapman on Twitter. He's very good at at midnight. <laughs> so that's when he gets most prolific. Is that's when there's yeah, an ad get wound up. On. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. I'm on Twitter at Jay Glucker and at The Hooniverse. Go to our YouTube channel. We're about to hit 21,000. Uh, Facebook page. All that shit. Go to the website. Some of you still don't know that we have a website. Type in hooniverse.com and you will come to our website, which was the first thing that started all of this uh, Hooniverse stuff. Are there videos And there? the commenters are not You can dicks. find the videos there. The commenters are some of the best commenters yep. on the planet there. Uh, actually, every content that I create, be YouTube, uh, the podcast, all of it eventually lives on Hooniverse. So go to Hooniverse. Yeah. They are the polar opposite of the autoblog commenters. Yeah, and so next week we might try to do a race recap episode. It all depends on what's going on in Duncan's life because Duncan Indy, who co-hosted the first race recap, recap, not recap, recap, is about to have a baby. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Oh, I didn't know that was coming. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed Everybody's to say Everybody's having fucking babies. Uh, whatever. So um, 
Yeah, that was 148. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.